Welcome to Northside Community Church. We believe that our mission is to impact the community in a positive way by speaking and living out the good news of Jesus. We hope that you'll enjoy this message today. The day was marked by a wide variety of ceremonies and services across Australia, a march through London and a sports day in the Australian camp in Egypt. During the 1920s, Anzac Day became established as a national day of commemoration for the more than 60,000 Australians who had died during the war. In 1927, for the first time, every state observed some form of public holiday on Anzac Day, and by the mid-1930s, the rituals that we now associate with the day, dawn vigils, marches, memorial services, reunions, two-up games, were firmly established as part of Anzac Day culture. Later, Anzac Day also served to commemorate the lives of Australians who died in the Second World War, and in subsequent years, the meaning of the day has been further broadened to include those who lost their lives in all the military and peacekeeping operations in which Australia has been involved. My uncle and aunt, Vince and Nola Cussworth, join us today, and I thank them for coming. Vince has written two books. Each is the story of one of his seven great uncles who answered the call of the empire and volunteered to go and serve in the Great War. I'd like to read an extract from Bandy, big man of the 11th, and we catch up with Benjamin Bandy Turner in Gallipoli. By the 27th of July, the so-called rest for the 11th was over, and Bandy, along with the remainder of the battalion, took over the frontline trenches from the predominantly Tasmanian-raised 12th Battalion. They had established a new line of trenches in front of Bolton's Ridge, which they had named Tasmania Post. The trench ran... The trench ran along the top of a ridge about 35 metres back from a steep drop-off in what was known as the Valley of Despair. This had enabled the Turks to crawl up and establish a position close to the trenches where the 11th now found themselves. It was clearly less than ideal and it was soon decided to do something about it. Saps and tunnels had been driven forward towards the Turkish position to enable bombing and observation. Four of these were now extended further with deep tunnels which were mined to destroy the enemy trenches. On the 31st, around 10pm, the charges were detonated but two failed to explode. A party of volunteers under the command of Captain Ray Lean, I'm hoping I'm Lean, charged the Turkish, Turkish line with sods of dirt from the explosion still raining down on them. Bandy was with the first of them and ran straight at the Turkish trench. Just as he did, the third mine exploded, completely burying a man in front of him. He jumped into the trench and charged the group of Turks facing him, shooting two and bayoneting a third. Unaware that he was on his own, he continued down the trench, using his bayonet as he went. He stepped over what he thought was a dead man lying at the bottom of the trench, when suddenly he leapt up and charged him from behind. Fortunately, Bandy was able to turn and face him, and the luckless Turt met with the same fate as the others. Inevitably, things didn't all go Bandy's way, when he engaged in a struggle with a small but very strong Turk, who grabbed his bayonet and wrenched the rifle from his hands. They struggled for some time until the Turk took hold of Bandy's thumb in his teeth and latched on. Bandy was able to fell him with a fist to the jaw and finish him with the bayonet. 
Bandy continued down the trench in an adrenaline-charged frenzy until he came upon a Turk guarding an entrance to a sap leading away from the main trench. In the ensuing struggle, Bandy once again had his rifle knocked from his hands. As he turned to weapon, he slipped and fell back as the Turk raised his bayonet above him. Helpless, Bandy prepared himself for the thrust that would finally finish him. Inexplicably, the thrust never came and Bandy was able to make good his mistake. Oh, sorry, make good his escape. As he, as he ran back towards his mates, he was challenged by none other than Scotty, who in the darkness was convinced he was a Turk. He certainly would have stabbed him if, he, if had not Bandy grabbed the rifle and pushed his bayonet away. The shock on Scotty's face giving Bandy a good laugh. It was remarkable that even in the midst of the most dire circumstances, the Australians could always find something to laugh and joke about. Scotty had recovered from his wound received at the landing and had returned from Heliopolis and Bandy, with Bandy six weeks earlier. He would be evacuated with dysentery uh, just before, days before the Battle of the Lone Pine and would not return. His experience at Gallipoli seemed to affect him badly and he would eventually be returned to Australia and discharged as undesirable. As the second wave of the attack rushed forward, the fighting continued in a desperate struggle. Intense bombing duels and vicious hand-to-hand -hand fighting claimed lives on both sides. Eventually, the remaining Turks were beaten back and the position was won. Bandy was well known before the war and gained considerable notoriety during his military service. Following the attack, newspapers in Australia run, ran the story under the headline, Bandy Turner's Feet Charged a Mob of Turks, Fierce Fight in Trench. We do not celebrate war, but today we remember and honour those who paid the highest price. So many of us are deeply affected by war and the horrors of it, and in many different ways. Many of us use this time to remember someone no longer with us, maybe a family member or a person whom for us is special. Many of us in this room have family who served in the military and some who have paid the ultimate price. Some in the room have served our country in wars and peacekeeping and have returned. Some in the room stand ready to go if, God forbid, this be required. Some of us have not had that experience. Nevertheless, the course of our life has been changed forever in one way or another due to conflicts, particularly World Wars I and II. In my own family, my great-grandfather, Neil Scott, was part of the 51st Battalion in the First World War. Arriving in France on the 12th of June, 1916, the 51st moved into the trenches on the Western Front within a fortnight. It fought in its first major battle in August and September and suffered casualties equivalent to one-third of its strength in both the attacks launched. Following two bleak winters of trench warfare, in April 1917, the 51st Battalion assisted in the repulse of a large German attack, launching a cr critical counterattack late in the day. The German threat remained until late April and just after 10 p.m., on 24th of April 1918, Anzac Day Eve, the 51st began their advance into the now legendary attack to dislodge the enemy from villiers bretonneux It was here that my great-grandfather was gassed, and although he survived and returned to Australia, the gassing affected his health from that time onwards. Many of us know the story of the school in villiers bretonneux 
where the words, never let us forget Australia, appear on the classroom walls. His son, my grandfather on my mother's side, served in the 2nd 16th Battalion in World War II. He was in the Middle East and New Guinea during this time, a second generation of infantrymen. But there was to be a third. His son, my Uncle Dave, was conscripted and served in the 2nd Battalion Royal Australian Regiment in Vietnam. We are honoured to have my Uncle Dave and Aunty Sue with us this morning. And with today is Frank Weatherby, US Army Vietnam veteran. Dave and Frank met in Taiwan while, in rest, while on rest and recreation. Friends since, Frank is currently live, uh, visiting Australia with Dave from Vermont in the US. I also want to take this moment to thank those other returned service men and women who have joined us today. Those who have been involved in conflict and those stand, who stand today to represent loved ones. I want to thank Major Doug Gillespie in representing the 16th Battalion Royal Western Australian Regiment and Joondalup RSL, Lance Corporal Stimson and Private Wynne from Delta Company Joondalup and the 16th Battalion Royal Western Australian Regiment, Rick Green, the President of the RSL Joondalup sub-branch and Ian Goodenough, the member of Moore, for coming today. Also in this room, there will be some who do not have any Australian military history as their story. It may be that they are new Australians. Nevertheless, many have been affected by war and the terrible effects of it to the person, the family and the community. Many have come to this great country whilst fleeing war-torn areas of the world, in particular World War II, and we welcome them then and we continue to welcome them. On my wife's side, Melanie, with Russian, German and Polish heritage, must have, much of her ancestry is lost as a result of the wars that tore families apart. Melanie's nana, when alive, told us the poignant story of her brother coming to the butcher's shop in Germany where she worked as a young woman. He informed her that she, he had been conscripted and said his goodbye. There were no hugs or expressions of emotion in those days. They said goodbye and that was the last time that Nana saw her brother. Melanie's grandmother, who has now also passed, was not one to talk about the war years, but stunned us one day while we were driving in the car to Margaret River. That day she opened up about her time in a forced labour camp and how she still bore the scars on her body from the beatings. She was 19. Thankful to be a survivor, but she never again laid eyes on any one of her family members. We haven't seen war directly and so close to us for some time, but some may worry about it. The threats to our nation seem ever-present and one is anxious considering the ramifications if and should certain things take place. Jesus promised us a couple of things. The first I'd like us to read is in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 to 10. And it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. If we believe what Jesus said, and we do, 
We note the message that he cares for us, that we can put our anxiety, worry and stress on him. He said, cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And sometimes that we will suffer, but he promises to restore us, make us strong, firm and steadfast. Again, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we feel weary, when we feel burdened, Jesus says, come to me. Come onto my team. Get onto my team. I will give you the rest that you need. Take my yoke means walk alongside him, walk alongside Jesus. And this scripture just describes the character of Jesus and therefore the character of God. He says that he is gentle and that he is humble. And I always look when, when a scripture repeats something, when something is said twice, you know that there's some importance there. And twice in this scripture, he says, I will give you rest. And then it says, you will find rest for your soul. And that's an important thing, that we'll find rest in Jesus and that his burden is light. In both of these scriptures, Jesus says, team up with me, put your burden on me. This morning, we pay tribute to those who have been involved in our nation's battles, and let us now remember those who have died in war. Anzac Day dedication. On this day, the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps, Anzac, as it has come to be known, received its baptism of fire and became one of the immortal names in history. Today, we remember those who went out to the battlefields of the First World War, Second World War, Korea, Malaysia, Vietnam, Somalia, massacre in Rwanda, East Timor, Solomon Islands, Iraq, Cambodia, and Afghanistan and did not return, and those for whom the burden was too great and were lost to us following their return. We wish to be worthy of their great sacrifice. Therefore, let us dedicate ourselves once more to the service of the ideals for which they died. Even now, let their memories inspire us to work for new light to be brought into the dark places of the world. Okay. A prayer for the armed forces and emergency services. Lord, we pray for all those that serve in the defence of this land. Give them courage and comfort in all dangers and help us as we seek for all people the freedom to serve you and each other in peace and justice. We give thanks and pray for our doctors, nurses, police, army, navy and air force working to keep us safe and well. We thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. for peace. God of all nations, whose kingdom rules over and above all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. 
Spread your peace into the hearts of all people and banish from them the spirit that makes for war. That all races and all people may learn to live as members of one family in obedience to your laws. Lord, we thank you that you hear this prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's join together and read the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I'm reading to you today an Anzac Requiem. On this day, above all days, we recall those who served in war and did not return to receive the grateful thanks of their nation. We remember those who still sleep where they were left, amid the holly scrub in the valleys and on the ridges of Gallipoli, on the rocky and terraced hills of Palestine and in the cemeteries of France. We remember those who lie asleep in the ground beneath the shimmering haze of the Libyan desert at Bardia, Derna and Tobruk, amid the mountain passes and olive groves of Greece and Crete, the snow-capped hills of Lebanon and Syria. We remember those who lie buried in the jungle of Malaya, Burma, New Guinea and in the distant isles of the Pacific. We remember those who lie in unknown resting places in almost every land, and those who died as prisoners of war in places remote from their homeland and from the comforting presence of their kin. We shall be forever mindful, too, of those brave men who left our shores and died in Korea, Malaya, Borneo, Vietnam and other distant countries, as well as those serving in East Timor, Solomon Islands, Cambodia, Iraq and Afghanistan against a common enemy. We shall not forget those that have returned wounded and mentally scarred and those who fell much later because of these scars. May all these rest proudly in the knowledge of their achievements, and may we and our successes in that heritage prove worthy of their sacrifice. The Ode of Remembrance. They shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them lest we forget.
Let's stand for the playing of the last post to be followed by one minute silence as we reflect on those that gave their all in ultimate sacrifice for others. Please be seated. As a piper comes to play Highland Cathedral, I'd like to invite those who have been prepared to lay the wreath at the flagpoles.
benediction and blessing. Go forth into the world in peace. Be of good courage. Hold fast that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honour all mankind. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the blessing, the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Let's stand for the national anthems of New Zealand and Australia. We encourage you to join in and sing with us if you would like to. In history's page, let
Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to allow this message and the Word of God to sink in and make a difference in your everyday life. If you want to know more about our church, check us out online at northsidechurch.com.au.